thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Angley, joined, as always, by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, how you doing, buddy? Good, Ryan. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you as well. And today, we are doing something, um, this is, I think, a bit of a listener request. What we've been trying to do, trying to plan out how we're going to do episodes on uh, Michel Foucault, who comes up a lot, often as um, Contra, something else we're talking about. Um, and, uh, but we want to have a sustained engagement with his work because it's, it's, you know, um, you know, t- t- position for or against it's just inarguable, the importance of, uh, uh of, of Foucault in uh, academia. And I would even say in wider culture, right, um, just, right. we, we, we say it all the time, but just when people talk about, um, power as like, this is, uh, oh, you know, like it's a power grab by 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 Republicans or like what like why why or what is this phenomenon of the of in you know it ha- happens in like I think politics all over the world is like why would this thing that uh, represses citizens like why why what is the motivation it's like well it's it's power to maintain power ruling class power uh, you know and that is just it's and and even even the use of the word discourse comes like really from him so. It, uh, a, uh, a figure we may say is uh, is towering, uh, and uh, the way that I think we're going to engage with his work is not in a linear fashion, but more uh, conceptual. And so this is probably the biggest one that that has the most uh, currency. Uh, I will use a, 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 a nice Foucaultian word or one that he would agree with: most vibrancy. I think. Right in right. uh, current current academic work, uh, which is biopower. So this is going to be an introduction to, to biopower. And I say introduction because there have been a lot more recent engagements with the idea from people like Achille Mbembe and uh, Mel Chen. And we're not really going to get into to that. We're going to uh, look more at, I guess, what you might say, like um, a, a doctrinaire engagements with biopower, starting with what Foucault lays out and then the project that uh, Giorgio Agamben uh, starts to take up uh, in his work, which we... Th- think is a lot more contemporary to us than it really is. But, you know, Agamben was writing in the seventies, um, early seventies, early seventies. So we're, we're talking about that, but, um, yeah. Do you want an an opening word before we get into the the concept? Do you want to dive in? Oh, let's just dive in. All right. Okay. So biopower first, uh, this is the, it's interesting. I think the, like the, um, the history of the history of, uh, sexuality volume one, because there's, um, at least for, uh, for me in school, there, 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 there's a nice division, which is that when I was an undergrad, the most important part of the book was the first part where he talks about, um, how, uh, you know, the homosexuality is defined first and then heterosexuality as a reaction against. And that was what I learned, uh, first. And that to me, that's what the history of sexuality volume one was, was this, um, uh, intervention in showing how uh, it, you know, took basically like queerness had to be defined, like deviancy had to be defined before uh, anything that we might call normality would be defined in reaction to it. That was when I was an undergrad. That was the important part of the book. When I went to grad school, the biopower thing became more impart, uh, important, which is later. And uh, so that I, I don't know, like I, I, I don't know why exactly that is, but I, I think that that even like dovetails uh, nicely with the current interest in the book and like why people would still be talking about it. I think they much more right. talk about the biopower part. Right. I mean, I think that's what the book, the, the, 
It's funny because you're right. It's not a big part of the book, actually. No. But yeah. it is, I think that's right, that it is, that that's what, that's why that book still has interest today. And it's interesting also that of the seminars that Foucault gave at the Collège de France, it's the, it's the seminar. It's not the birth of biopolitics, which is not really about the birth of biopolitics, but instead the seminar entitled Society Must Be Defended. That's really the mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. where he articulates his whole theory of biopower. So it's those two, I would say it's those two texts specifically. So the second half of History of Sexuality, Volume 1, Will to Knowledge, that's the mm-hmm. subtitle. I, I think it's a subtitle in English. It certainly is in French. Um, and then and then the, the seminar, uh, Society Must Be Defended. And, and in both of those works, he makes this claim. This is his definition of biopower, right? That mm-hmm. the right of sovereignty was the right to take life and let live. And now this new right is established, the right to make live and let die. So that mm-hmm. that's the shift that Foucault thinks is operative within the structure of power over human history. And, and, and in recent, that's a, I think he thinks it's somewhat of a 20th century phenomenon. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And to just to nail that down even further, like the, in the pre-show, I said this, like his, his ancient notion, uh, would be like Caesar's thumbs, thumbs up right. to, to, to take life. Or I'm sorry, no, <laughs> that's kind of. I think it's slip. down to take yeah, life. Yeah, down, yeah, yeah, down yeah. to take. Yeah, yeah, thumbs up. That's yeah, funny. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, down, down to uh, to take life, and then up to to let live. And that 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 was the like the like more. I mean, and it makes sense because what what he's trying to trace is the movement of how he sees power as being like centrally located to something that is more diffuse. And, I think that's right. Yeah. Right. So so that. But but nonetheless, there's still like, um, I mean, we'll get into this a little bit. I, th- I think it's, it's it's a bit of a problem for him. But like, like power is discursive and it moves through uh, different like 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 bodies and people. It's it's not it's not powerless and like there there is there's not this division that I think plays out in contemporary discourse where it seems to be like there are those with power and those without. I that's not. That's not the way he thinks, right? No, no, no it's it's no. it's we we're all we, everyone has power. There's power in in, in discourses, but I, I I do, but it does. I can see why people, maybe even thinking they're being faithful to him, would say that because it, like he is invested in the idea that the there is a there are centrally located, uh, I don't know, sites of 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 abuse, and I think that's what people it seems to me like uh, aligned with, with power. And then right. the, these like kind of like actions against, I, I think, um, I don't know. They, they, they don't seem to, to also have power in them, but I mean, his, his whole point, um, is, is, is that we're, we're just like, we're sharing in it, but it doesn't have to be coercive. I think that's probably fair to him. Uh, do you think? Like that, right. That, I think yeah. that's true. Although there is a negativity attached to power, I think, mm-hmm. because, of Foucault's vitalism. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. why biopower is a problem for him, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it 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 stamps down like power inherently stamps down the expression of our vitality. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think I guess my sense is that that for him you know any that 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 power is necessary there's necessarily a, necessarily a negative valence attached to it because mm-hmm. 
he, I think he opposes power and then counter powers or transgressions, right? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that seems like a way that he yeah. thinks we can fight against power is through, mm-hmm. and transgression is for him, I think, an expression of our spontaneous vitality, right? And yeah, so power is this force that's keeping down our vitality. And then, but the problem with, with biopower is that it then switches, right? That That power doesn't just repress power it, it it causes it produces and i think mm-hmm. the that what he's on to in the turn from sovereign power to biopower is the turn to a productive notion of power that product yeah. that power is producing producing our desire mm-hmm. and that's what's so then it's not desire can't be for him radical because no. desire is just the product of power i think that's a really key Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that of the conception of biopower that he that he makes, yeah, and I and I think this for him is what he sees um, problematic in psychoanalytic discourses. Like he he would say that like uh, like from that that what uh, psychoanalysis does is like it it lends credence to like you know bourgeois desire and like 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 I think he would say like socially acceptable kinds of, uh, of, of, of desire. I think that, that, that's his, uh, whole, that would be his, his, his take on that. I mean, and is not would be, but is, and the, that's why like, you know, desire is a, um, oh, I, I don't know, maybe in, in, in Lacanese would be like desire is a lure for, for, right. for, for Foucault. Like it, right, it's, it's, because it's absolute faint and, and total, total, a t- total, uh, dead end. Right. So it's not just bourgeois desires, right? It's like desire as such, because, mm-hmm. It's always just a product of the law that seems to be repressing it, right? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like he doesn't yeah. he doesn't believe that desire is ever repressed because that like that's what he, he famously says desire talks endlessly, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. it's not repressed, it talks all the time. Yeah. So the, the so, incitement to discourse, that's the first part of, of right, course. Right. Which he thinks yeah. psychoanalysis is 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 is, is, is propagating, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so so it, the, the the way in which psychoanalysis functions like a confessional, mm-hmm, he thinks, right. where the point is to get desire talking, mm-hmm. and so the any any rest, what seems like a restriction on it by the law mm-hmm. is actually just an incitement to 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 desire. So there's mm-hmm. so when we think we're having these radical desires, Foucault would say, well, you're not really because you're just doing what the law has prompted you to do, and that's. I think that's a crucial part of his conception of biopower, that the law is no longer, in his way of thinking, negative, mm-hmm. but productive, pushing us to desire. Yeah, and I think that um, it's it's interesting. I mean, just, just to put like a little, to put a pin here, because it's something we might come back to uh, yeah. later, is that for, for Foucault, the, the like, if you want a shortcut for Foucault, the law is always repressive, but it is it is the transgressions against the law that are liberating, and right. the that puts him at odds with um with Kant and and, and Hegel specifically, and for I, I think sure, and right. and and for the the way that we and how we trace them, you and I specifically, not. Uh, well, you know, there's, there, there are more than just me and you and this we, but how we trace that influence through psychoanalysis where it's the, we kind of have it the other way around, which is that like the, the liberation is, is based in, in law and in constraint and in constriction and yeah, constriction and, 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 uh, and confinement. 
and that that's where the that's that's where I think you and I locate the the liberatory. And for uh, Foucault, it's 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 a it's a he's against it because, and I think it's just important to look at it, is that he has kind of a more of a more um, dualist way of, of right, looking at right, this. And right, and for right. certainly for Hegel, it's a it's a dialectical way of looking at it. Is that the the you know. The creativity is not this like absolute. It's not this against this. This is the bulwark. There's not this like split, but the um, the the the, liber- the creativity or liberation like under the law is like constitutive of it. Whereas for like Foucault, it's sort of like it's outside of it. There's law and then the I think the outside. I think that that right that, the that's outside, which project. is the body, right? Yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. The, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So I think you're right that that. For Foucault, there can't be a radical desire because the law is always limiting, right? Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's, mm-hmm. the law is limiting our inherent vitality, and so that's why it's a it's a real. I think it's a it's a. I think that's what people find appealing about Foucault mm-hmm. is that there's you know if you feel constrained by by and I, everybody feels constrained in some way by the law right like mm-hmm. I you have a cop driving behind you in the simplest way but or in worse ways right like mm-hmm. like Derek Chauvin whatever mm-hmm. like there there mm-hmm. there are all these ways in which the law is restrictive and violent and oppressive mm-hmm. and so that's easy it seems like that's pretty easy to identify with. And so I think there's something that just almost is commonsensical about what Foucault is promising that, or, or what he's tapping into, this sense that the law is oppressive mm-hmm. and liberation means going beyond the restriction of the law and not falling into the law's trap. Like the law, yeah. once you buy into that restriction, then you've already succumbed. And and to, to believe yourself a desiring being, he thinks, is mm-hmm. to succumb to the logic of the law and mm-hmm. to and to and 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 to abandon your spontaneous vitality. I think that's I he wouldn't put it like that, but I think that's his his basic conception. Yeah, no, I think that's I think I mean I think that's right. And I also just uh as a as a tie between him and uh and Deleuze, it, it is on this um on this axis axis of uh of vitalism, you know, where like I yeah. think the like the two of them and like they, uh, Foucault, Deleuze, and Bergson make a nice uh, triad. I think troika. Yeah, they're the yeah. The, the, the vitalist troika of the twentieth yeah, century. Yeah, 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 definitely. I, so, so a couple things here. I think this is this is important because for so, like, I, I think something that we try to do on the show often is is that like you know um, oh I, I okay so this is something that I say in um, my uh, television uh, classes is that like when you you know commit yourself to the study of narrative. Like what you want to see is that like, you know, characters don't do things because the writers said they had to do them. They, they like, like it, they do, they do the things that they do because structurally in the situation, it's like there are, there's a set of responses that they can have. Right. And, and, and and that's just, that's, that's just how it is. Like it it ends up now these things, they're not inevitable. Like, I mean that like there, that there, there's a constraint and then what, you know, part of the reason I like to talk about bottle episodes is, uh, is because I think that that constraint leads to a kind of response that would be impossible, like otherwise to imagine that like you need that, uh, you need this bottled confinement for a creative solution to emerge. That's just like, you couldn't have thought of otherwise, except for being in that like strict situation. So, right. Okay. So that's, so that's, um, something we try to work through. So like, so Foucault is not just, capriciously like ad hocing, like putting like 
concepts together. It's like this is like through a through a thread. So in pushing back and in rejecting desire in the way that he does it and also in talking about power in the way that he does and then biopower, it leads him to do the following to emphasize the following is to emphasize bodies instead of subjectivity and to emphasize pleasure instead of desire. And so pleasure and subjectivity, that's more on the side of psychoanalysis and continental uh, philosophy. You You mean desire and subjectivity. Desire and subject. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, And then uh, pleasure and bodies more on the side of like Foucault and the historicism that he, um, you know, inspires and, you know, becomes the like, uh, progenitor of, uh, in like in academia. And I would even say in like, uh, it, just in the social, like in general, like, like, the, like the, the, those ideas are in the air, uh, much more than, on uh, you know, desire and, and subjectivity are. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. Like it's absolutely and, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, th- so let's, well, so let's talk about this. Uh, so I just, so I set that, I put the bowling pins down, put down and, and not like knock them down as in like, we're, this is absolute refutation of what Foucault is talking about, but why, um, just like, if you could, uh, tease the consequences of, 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 of that positioning out vis-a-vis, uh, biopower. Yeah. So, so just like we were saying about, about desire, desire is a product of the restriction of law, subjectivity. So he doesn't have a, it's interesting, Foucault does not have a theory of ideology, mm-hmm. but but yes. he does think subjectivity, He t- I think he accepts Althusser's claim that ideology, not ideology, but that, that subjectivity is, a, is illusory, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a product of power, basically. So yeah, this, I think. The, do, do, do you think? Sorry, I'm sorry. To no, no, because I just asked you a question to, to ask you to elaborate on something. Yeah. But I think power substitutes for ideology. Right. I think that's right. I think it's yeah. right. I think it's right. Yeah. And but power produces the subject. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so he thinks that any step in the direction of desire mm-hmm. is already giving up too much to power and the mechanisms mm-hmm. of power or what he would call in history of sexuality, the mechanisms of sexuality, right? Like those, that apparatus to, to, to give yourself over to it at all, to think in those terms is already to succumb to it. Whereas the body and its pleasure, so the, the famous line from history of sexuality is the rallying point for the counterattack mm-hmm. against the deployment of sexuality ought to be sex desire, not, or sorry, ought to be not, sex desire, mm-hmm. but bodies and pleasures. So that's yeah. where he makes yeah. this famous, not mm-hmm. sex desire, but bodies and pleasures. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the, the, the point is that bodies and pleasures, and this is, I think, one of the key things of the theory of biopower, mm-hmm. is they're not mediated, mm-hmm. right? Like for, mm-hmm. for Foucault and then later for Agamben, mediation, like law is mediation, right? Like mm-hmm. mediation... Yep. Signify. This is again another thing what Deleuze and, and Foucault have in common. I think this uh, allergy to the signifier. Like I think mm-hmm. that to signify something, to mediate it, is already to put it in this prison house of language, and which is a good little book by Frederick Jameson, by the yeah. way. But it's not really about this. Um, it's to put it in the prison house of language and not and 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 thus lose touch with the body. And I think that for so for them. Or for Foucault, sorry, the, the the pleasure of the body is a pleasure that hasn't yet been mediated. 
hasn't mm-hmm. yet been subjected to the law, and that's why there's something really radically liberatory about it for him, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that like, the I'm, I'm glad you brought us to that famous word choice because, like, it, it really is, like, deployment, I think, is right. the, like, like, right. it, like, again, like, this is a, I don't think Hegel would ever use that word. Um, I don't think it would make sense for Lacan to use that word or for, for Freud to, because it's, it is, it's unidirectional. And that's like a big, that's a big thing I think for, um, for Foucault. And I think certainly for Deleuze and the thing that like they, what they imagine their project to be pushing against, which is this, like, again, this like pressure, this, right. this pressure right. and this, like this de- deployment of compulsory identities and compulsory like, um, agreements with like the, the social as, as such. And I, and I think that's great. Yeah, I totally, yeah. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. I, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of what I think what we, um, what we might say is like, is so, okay. What I would say from this like Lacanian Hegelian standpoint, what I would say is a result of, um, repetition and like to create social symbolic things. Like I say, like this is more this is more true in the northeast of the U.S. than it is in Southern California, and like I I haven't gotten used to this yet. But if, if I'm walking by someone I know and I say, "Hey, how are you?" They're just gonna say, "Good, you," and that's it. And that's it's just we you know we've said this before. That's just a total thing. But here you say, "Hi, how are you?" and you you stopping people for a conversation because it's a different kind of social wow. symbolic thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The cashiers, even in the pandemic, they they talk to you here, and I'm just like, I cannot get used to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you should say, no, no, you misunderstood. I was just asking if we're engaged in a normal social interaction. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I didn't really care how you were. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Because that's all yeah. it means, right? It's all it means. It just says like, oh, I'm acknowledging you, and we're engaging in like, a, we're not going to kill each other. We're engaging yeah. in a normal social interaction. It's Absolutely. interesting because I think... You know, in Germany, that the uh, wie geht's—that means mm-hmm. how are you. It, mm-hmm. it, it it's a serious question, so it it, it yeah, often prompts a real answer, which is, I think that's a sign of, I don't know what I think it's a sign of, but I <laughs> I, I I do like the fact that you can say it, and it just because it's it's what I like about it rather than like hi or hey is that it it actually does have an opening to the other to respond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it re- kind of requires a response, but the opening is totally prescribed, right? Like you, yeah. you, you have to say, I'm okay, you know, I'm okay, good, or whatever. Or, you know, I once, I once, this uh, colleague of mine, you know him, Huck Gutman. Yeah. Once I, he said, how are you? And I'm like, I'm okay. He's like, he stopped me. He's like, life is too short for it just to be okay. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? It just got shorter because you stopped me <laughs> and said this inanity. So I, I think it's, it's interesting, though, that that like that it can be also this kind of flex point, right? Where yeah. where there is a kind yeah. of opening in it. But <laughs> so I know Huck doesn't listen, so I, I feel no. free to. Uh, well, nor do his friends, so that's okay. He's um, got one of the all-time great names, so I think he can suffer it. But the, so he the, does. Like, he was, by the way, Bernie Sanders' uh, chief of staff for seven or eight years. So. Yeah, no, he's so, like he wrote, he's done more for the world than I have. That's for he, sure. He so. he wrote um or ghost wrote um 
I mean, his he's biog- his autobiography. Yeah. Yeah. Outsider yeah. in the house. Yeah, yeah, he definitely, so, uh, did. he definitely he ra- raised a heady topper to to Huck. Well, so the 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 point the 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 point of the of, of the whole thing is just that like so in this scenario, okay, that we have constructed and and talked through is that like I, like what I would say from the perspective that you know you and I come at things from is that like this rule, it this is I mean this is certainly not a law. But this rule, right. um, this rule emerges through a process of, of symbolic repetition, and that is the only way in which it has consistency, to the extent in which that it is repeated. Because as I said, out here you do that, you're asking for a conversation. Right. Um, right. Even little things like in the Northeast, like if you're saying goodbye to someone, you say "Have a good one." Out here they say "Have a great one," and when I and now I worry because I'm just like reflexively say hey, "Have a good one." Like, am I like yeah. undercut? Like, do they think I don't like? Well, anyway, you whatever. don't like it, right? Right. Yeah. Right, right, so. Right. Through so that's in a sentence. It's the the consistency. There is no a, a priori consistency to this. It, it, it is only um, through repetition that that you know. That so it, that, your now, point is that we play a part in the power structure, right? Like that. that I, yeah, that, that would be my part. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That it's not just this. It's not. Like, okay, Foucault does get that. Like he does get that we the power runs through us, but there's still. Like but he would he think my example is a deployment of like nicety. Right. Exactly. That's what, and that's exactly. the and that's the point is that exactly. like that that's that's why like that word I think deployment is very like I like well, I think he would say that and this like we are just executing this uh, th- this like um, oh what is it what, what's the 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 word that became. It became really big, um, I think, in like the the middle of the uh, of of the Trump administration, which was that like the, the accusation that liberals were just trying to uphold. Um, uh, I'm losing the word, but it's basically niceness, like right, in, right, in, right. In, and even I think this is even this is a, a current accusation of the Biden administration and the Democrats in the Senate, which is that like you know upholding like like they're. Like they're performing for some higher power that's going to give them a like a an affectionate noogie for not pushing through very necessary um, safeguards and like laws for. So that would be a Foucauldian democ- critique. Yes, that would be the yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. yeah anyway so so yeah I think so that's that, right yeah. yeah yeah I think yeah, it, yeah, I, mean, it, up, yeah. I think it's interesting how I think it's a really good point because I think that that you don't get the you don't get the way in which it's that I guess here's what I would say that it, that, mm-hmm. that that desire is not never just like he thinks that all desire is neurotic that's what I would say about Foucault that he mm. because okay so we're confronted with the demand made by the other right like mm-hmm. eat your peas and yeah. then our desire emerges in response to that demand but it never just does like it's neurotic to just eat your peas compulsively, right? That's obsessional. <laughs> yeah. That's an obsessional response. A, a, an authentic desire that comes up against that demand, what does it do? It's like, well, you know what? My mom's saying eat my peas, but mm-hmm. uh, actually I think she really likes pudding better, right? Like, like you right, know, right. like yeah. how can you eat your pudding if you don't have any don't meat or whatever <laughs> that Pink Floyd song is, right? Like, nice. like, like, the, like that response... Like the Pink Floyd response is neurotic because yeah. in the in the expression of the demand, there's always a desire, and it's not for the person making the the authority making the demand to say what the desire is. Mm-hmm. It's the interpretation of the subject 
mm-hmm. of that demand that that generates the subject's own desire. So it's in and unconsciously, right? Like you don't mm-hmm. consciously say like, oh wait, that authority figure said told me to to kneel and they really want me to stand up and jump in. Like no mm-hmm. one consciously says that, right? You mm-hmm. unconsciously interpret the desire of the of the other making the command. And so I think that that's where your freedom lies. And Foucault mm-hmm. just doesn't see that at all. Like he sees a straight line mm-hmm. from authority making a command to my vital bodily pleasure being stamped out, right? Like, yeah. and any desire that erupts is just, it's just a pure reflex of that restriction, restrictiveness of the law or productiveness of the law, right? Like the whole point mm-hmm. of biopower is that the law is productive, but the desire that it produces is just itself a species of the law, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not, there's no radicality in it. Right, right, right. It's not transgressive at all. I mean, like th- th- that's part of the, I mean, a- again, like, you know, just to, to, to go back to like 10 minutes ago to that began this thread, like, like the, like these, conclusions for Foucault like they're like they're not he's not pulling them out of out of thin air like it emerges from the dualist way that his method moves forward is that like and to also bring us back to the to the Pink Floyd thing like every um uh that's like every, a great Foucauldian record isn't it the wall oh like it's absolutely yeah, the wall. yeah absolutely yeah it totally yeah. is and like every like because every dictate from authority is <clears throat> another brick in the wall. And right. what we have to do is, is he wants us to, as they also say, to tear down the wall. Um, it, like where I think the, again, the Hegelian thing is that like, it's actually like, like with, like within, within the construction of the wall itself is the, like I, the thing that would like undo it. Like, so, right. so there, right. it's, right. Right. It, it's, right. it's not, right. it's not this, it's not this, you know, this reaction against, it's not the, again, these opposed forces. It's the, like, looking at how, um, you know, you know, actually it's, it's a lot like looking at Trump's wall, how it's just falling apart on its own. It's falling apart. Right. Yeah. Like, like that would be that. I think that's the, like, like the, the, to, and I think to, to believe in the walls, like of authority in that way, you know, and again, and, and I think that it's really interesting, like the wall, like the most famous wall of our political moment is falling apart of of its own construction. Like no one had to tear it apart. It's like so you can you can see. I think actually it's a lot more graspable graspable the the Hegelian point. Whereas obviously when Foucault is writing it, Berlin Wall and you do have this like absolute split. So if I like I want to be fair like you know historically and contextually like like that. I think it was it's easier to grasp a metaphor um, for for law that that is more dualist. Whereas I, I think now we can see the you know, the, 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 the contradiction that kept it together is also the thing that like tears it apart. Right. 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 Which it ended up doing in the yeah. case of the Berlin law. I yeah. mean, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, no, 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 absolutely. I think that, but I just think that that was hard, which is not an excuse. I just think it's a little bit harder to, 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 to come to like, it, it well, seemed like totally yeah. seemed like, and, and maybe like, I'm like, this is sort of, I'm making Foucault kind of written by, history a little bit rather than right. like, you know, right. because it's, which is it's, a slander. It's, it's, a slander. it's, it's far think, worse, my friend. Like it's far, far worse. worse. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's better to just attack than to say, Oh, you know what? You're just a little <laughs> victim of history. You didn't, you know, do you think? I yeah, think. no prob- I mean, probably. Yeah. I mean, I just yeah. like, like I could just, all I, all, I think what my point is that like, I can see the appeal of a, of a, a, a line of argumentation that leads to the, that leads to the dualist conclusion. And I think right. that like, um, that just in like, 
the things that would have like the, the philosophical and the theoretical backing that would have led him to not have that position. He, he foreclosed to use a psychoanalytic word there. They're, they just aren't there. He saw them. He saw them as being parts of a uh, power that deployed a way of uh, thinking and being that needed to be rejected. Right. And, and right. so I, I think that, uh, I don't know. Maybe led. I think it's a. I I kind of think that's it's. A, it ends up being like a. Maybe this is a. Like I backed my way into a devastating critique, which is that like it's it like his the political point ends up being way more banal, uh, that way. Like that you're right. just you're right. just against right. the wall and and like you like you're almost like accepting. Like he he I don't know like like philosophically would you say this is true that philosophically like he's he he has to accept the building of the wall to be able to articulate the politics against? Well, that isn't that the whole problem. Yeah. It's the whole problem. It's the whole problem is that he's, he's, he needs, and I, I think that we should always be suspicious of any philosophy that requires someone else to play the heavy, right? Yeah. Someone else yeah. to play the bad guy. And mm-hmm. he needs someone in that position of power to play the heavy, to, to be the yeah. villain, right? And mm-hmm. so... I mean, what's great about Hegel is that he's his own villain. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think that's the truth of psychoanalysis, too, that, like, it's how do I discover? It's not to say that there aren't real villains that you have to fight against, right? But but first you have to discover how I'm my own villain and how yeah. I, it's something psychically for me or something socially for our society makes that position of the villain available, mm-hmm. right? Like, it has to. It has to make it available or else it couldn't even appear. I think this was the right. point of our of our four discourses podcast, which is that like Lacan, like like Lacan tries to make himself not the master, and in doing right. so, just just makes graphic his mastery and his utter and, mastery. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. So I mean, I think that's interesting. I have a very, I think that's a, a very good point. You have to. I think that's really right. Like you, ha- you have to. Yeah, you have to. See, don't, it, it, and it's uncomfortable, but you have to see how. Um, you know, there's there's a there's a line. Sometimes I I I I see this. I think this is like a maybe a commonplace, like a like slightly like Gen Z bit of wisdom that gets like thrown around on social media. Is that like you know you, you know you you think that you're the the hero of the movie, but you need to see how you're someone else's villain. Right. Right. You know? Right. I was about to not like that if you were going to say you're really just an extra, but I like no. it if, if <laughs> yeah. you're someone else's villain. Yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. I think that's really good. Like I think that, like you have to, or wouldn't it be better if you have to? You're the both the hero and the and villain. The villain. Right? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's which is I what I'm, isn't that a, isn't that what I know that line gets like quoted to death and it seems stupid at this point, but isn't that what Nolan was trying to get to in the dark night? You either die yeah. or live long enough to see yourself become the villain, which right. is to say that you are both at once. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, that film could have been a great success, but I think it, it, it didn't, didn't it, didn't it cop out at the end because we know that Batman is, is, is good. Like, yeah. yeah. The, wouldn't the real success of that film would be that he actually, like we leave the film theater thinking like, Oh my God, he turned, he actually was the villain. Like yeah. we're, I think we're, we're functioning as Batman's big other yeah. at the end of that film. Like we oh, guarantee so, his action. Yeah. Right. Right. And there's even someone in the film, right? Doesn't Gordon knows the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So you have yeah. to have even someone in the cinematic universe that knows the truth. So I think that this seems, I, I mean, part of what is happening, I think, and I think you're so right to stress the dualistic nature of Foucault's thinking and the thinking of biopower, right? Like biopower, mm-hmm. 
I don't, I don't think biopower is conceivable dialectically. Yeah. Right? And, and so yeah, I think right. what, it, what Foucault is responding against is precisely the dominance of dialectic within French and European thinking at the time, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. so certainly Jean-Paul Sartre and, and also the, just communism, right? Like yeah. he, I mean, he's really trying to think an alternative to communism and to the communist explanation of history. So that's why economy gets replaced. Basically what's happening is he's taking a certain theory of history and replacing economy. So Marxism Mm -hmm. is -hmm. replacing the world of economy with power. Right. And I think we are suffering from that still today because there's just an absolute blindness to the role that economy plays in oppressive structures, right? Like, and everybody, everybody is aware of the role that power plays, right? Mm -hmm. No one is not. Like, Mm -hmm. my mother knows what, she talks about power when I go over to see her. Like, everybody knows, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, so, but, but about economy and capitalism, I, I, you know, I think that the, the role that that plays is not at all evident. I do think this is, this is to his, um, continued benefit, I think in, in the 21st century is that like, because, um, yeah, I just think that like, like power as this power ends up being this abstract villain rather. So like, okay, so power and law, um, it's hard to, it's, you know, these are, these are, sometimes these are the the, the things that, um, I I try to resist certain statements like this because when you do the, when you do a podcast the way that we do, and then you, you say like (laughs) certain things are like become, uh, mom and dad, you end up just like, oh, it's like that's the, what a what a, what a what a what a utterly like stupid analysis. But I but I think that like when like the the regulation that um, Foucault sees for the body, not for the subject, comes from the law. He doesn't see it coming from capital. And I think that in not how naming, do you miss that? How do you miss yeah. that? Well, in not I mean, that ca- just seems. You know, go, Go, yeah, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I interrupted you. I just, I, I just find that just maddening. I have to say, like, yeah. how do you not see, like, okay, I, I, for a Marxist, the state would just be the extension of capital, right? So mm-hmm. that, okay, I get that, but Foucault doesn't think that. No. He just, he just puts all oppressiveness onto mm-hmm. the state and to law, and doesn't see the way in which capital is like the primary source. Yeah. Of our oppression today. So I don't, I, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Capital is weekend dad. It's uncle. It's cool. It's the cool guy. It's like, it's like it lets you out. Right. I mean, he just lets you out of the oppressive. It, right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, a, so those are, I mean, those are the two, the two terms that I think drop out like in favor of, of, of others is like ideology drops out as well. I mean, this was the thing too. Like, I mean, this was even, I mean, long, oh, I don't know. When was this? 1984, the like Greenblatt, um, founds the representations and right. they, like, this is where in, uh, you know, academic journals having more uh, pull, I think even in public, uh, intellectual life than, 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 than they do now. But like this, like, uh, discourse analysis substituted for ideology critique. And I think right. that is also more comfortable under capitalism, uh, sure. it, than, than ideology critique and and also any critique of ideology and i'm going to phrase it this way almost in air quotes is like oh it's like you know their ideology like the the republican like everyone has an ideology and it's like you know it's not it's it's not aligned strictly with 
like with, with, with capital. capital, yeah, and the um, reproduction of like the the material world in the in the way that it is as as I as I like to say as I think like the position of the show is that like what capitalism tries to maintain is is not its own future. I think that's something that that, that you, is a an insight you'll see out there. I don't think it's totally wrong, but really what it wants is a relentless present. That's right. what it wants, right. and you can right, tell right, right. It, you can tell it wants that because when people weren't on cruise ships for a week, that entire industry fell apart. And like when there was a, a boat stuck in a canal and then Redditors over investing in a, in a dying stock, this like this whole thing, like it, it, it is all, it's only through the repetition, like we were talking about earlier, it's only through that, that shared repetition that gives consistency to the rules that the, the whole thing functions, which I, I think could, I think that's actually kind of the thing that leads um, uh, Deleuze into like seeing the value in like a psychotic or, or as he, he would more right. say like a schizophrenic right. position. But right. um, but I think that it's uh, anyway. That's that's a conversation for another time. But I think that like what we're keen to emphasize is like no, like you know you're like it's you're in this subjective uh, of position of actually like 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 making the like the the rule so like it, there there is um like if you if you imagine yourself as being the anchor to subjective consistency i don't think that the only solution is the, like to like to bow out like the psychotic thing where you just you push out of that thing i think that right. That, that, right. that should be where i think that's exactly the site where like that where Foucault sees deployment and oppression is i think that we're trying to emphasize that's where the liberation lies Right, exactly, exactly. It's interesting too that so so for him, I think a lot of times you just get this contrast in Foucault between sovereign power and biopower. And mm-hmm. he even in the line I quoted from um, "Society Must Be Defended," he even makes that contrast. But what's interesting is discipline and punish comes in the middle, right? And so yeah. there is this. So I think it's in the lecture series "Security, Nation, Population." I think I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, he 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 chronicles three. So he says, mm-hmm. first there's sovereign power, then there's disciplinary power, and then there's biopower. He, the other name for it is he calls it pastoral power. Like it's oh, yeah. the right. it's the Christian priest taking care of the flock, right? Like that mm-hmm. becomes the that becomes the like the, the metaphor for biopower. Yeah. And so I think that that it's interesting that 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 movement that biopower. There's almost like a Hegelian triad where biopower yeah. ends up being the 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 thing that so it, it bears some resemblance to disciplinary power right like mm-hmm. it 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 it's maybe productive in the same way but and it 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 probably surveys in somewhat the same way but but it it much more is trying to work from the bottom up and get you this is where I think there's something to it like gets you concerned with your body Right. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. today, like think about like all the things I think Foucault would say all these are, are you know, he, he doesn't analyze capital, but he would say that, you know, alternative health practices, species. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about that, but but um, like the the Apple Watch would be mm-hmm, an a, sure. example of, of, of biopower and biopolitical control of the body. Right. Your body um, becoming data. I think that would become, be right. Be right. Right. Very exactly. So yeah, biometric absolutely. things mm-hmm. would be. But it's in, I've, the reason I, I, I paused on alternative health is I thought, wow, you could see it the other way, right? You mm-hmm. could see alternative health as this way of taking back the body from 
the uh, figures from of the authority. law. Yeah, yeah, from the law, right? Yeah. Like I think that you could see, you know, like you could see the anti-vax movement, which has now become, interestingly, I, I think was a kind of fringe left-wing movement for a long time. Now has become an entirely right-wing movement. Mm-hmm. I think. Like it just also. Can I just? I've said this before on the podcast. Mo- often they're referred to in mainstream newspapers in, in this country as, and I'm, pr- I'm sure in others, as vaccine skeptics. And I want to know what I can do to for people on our political spectrum. For what would it take for us to be called capitalist skeptics <laughs> by newspapers? I want to know what it would take yeah. because that's because. Yeah. Socialism, communism, anarchy, well, like whatever. It's all like these are these are all uh, boogeymen, bad things. I want to know what it would take, like, uh, to to be called capitalist skeptics. But anyway, continue. That's yeah, pretty sorry. good. No, yeah, no. But I think that that it's hard to say where that would end up on the Foucauldian scale, right? Like, isn't like I I almost think he would have to celebrate the anti-vaxer as someone resisting this biopolitical yeah. territorialization of the body, right? It's like, interesting. I don't think that that's the Foucault in the public imagination, but if, as again, we're just trying to follow the thread, but if you follow the thread, like it's certainly available for the way that he, because especially, I mean, I think if uh, we want to probably make the, um, the ter- like, again, this is the, the thing with like, there's so much to say about Foucault right. and, and, and to, 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 um, you know, to make a good ra- radio, we have to, to focus on, on certain things over others. So I'm sure that um, there are lines that, that, that we've missed and descriptions that, you know, would probably be good to take up. But it makes sense to turn to Giorgio Agamben at this point, because I think part because of Because I brought up the pandemic. <laughs> because you brought up the pandemic and because, you know, I, I think as the um, the most, like probably the most famous academic in, inheritor of biopower as an idea. I mean, like he's very much he on might that be the side. most famous philosopher in the world today, right? That's possible. Probably him or Badu, yeah. do you think? Or I don't think Badu would be it'd be him or or Habermas or or Slavoj probably or Butler. Yeah, could be Judas Butler. But, really. Butler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good shout. Yeah. Um. So what? Yeah. So I. So yeah. But, so but part of but the reason yeah, I so, think why you said that would be Foucault's position is because of the position that Agamben has. So do do you want to start it from? Why don't we move here backwards? Let's yeah, start let's from the move present moment because, of Agamben and yeah, move back, and then that'll bring it, us back to Foucault, and we can end that way too. Yeah, yeah, because it, it is interesting that that so Agamben starts out sort of indebted to Heidegger and Benjamin, not really necessary. His first book's on Hegel's aesthetics; it's not particularly good. It's called The Man Without Content, and then he kind of moves through some different things. <laughs> More and like then, a book without content. Waka waka. Continue. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, and then and then he discovers the theory of biopower. And then in 1995, he wrote, writes his, his breakthrough book, Homo Soccer, in which he uh, analogizes contemporary society to the concentration camp and, mm-hmm. and really thinks that the concentration, he calls the concentration camp the paradigm for the biopolitical society. And, and, and what basically like the way in which biopower he thinks reduces us to bare life that's that's yes. his that's his that's basic his thesis yeah. mm-hmm. um, which means life stripped of its political form right so yeah. mm-hmm. so and he thinks like the 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 figure in the in the camp known as the the musulman the the figure who's 
you know, just a like a walking dead, basically, like mm-hmm. someone who has lost all will to live and just is going on automatically and just is mm-hmm. basically already dead. So Agamben thinks that's the goal of the camp is to create the Muslim and and mm-hmm. to create this figure that has no political capacity left at all to represent themselves politically or to even think about any kind of political organization, think about themselves in political mm-hmm. terms at all. And so that's his, his critique is that that's what the whole society is doing to everyone. And, and, and so that, and so again, it's like Foucault and one crucial difference is that Foucault thinks that this is the turn away from sovereign power Mm-hmm. Whereas Agamben thinks this is the ultimate expression of sovereign power. So there's a real mm-hmm. split between them about sovereignty. So, right. And then Agamben will go on to write this book, State of Exception, in a little bit after the um, development of the, the prison camp at Guantanamo Bay, which, of course, was it exists in a state of exception even till now. Uh, that it's not it's not in the United States. It's, no, it's nowhere. And so you, mm-hmm. you go there, you lose all political rights. Right, so you're not even you're not a criminal, you're not you're you're an enemy, enemy combatant, right? And that's so that that term enemy combatant becomes for for that's another name for the homo soccer, right? The sacred life that has no. Mm-hmm. It, he he famously says, quoting the Roman law, like that it 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 can be killed, but it can't be sacrificed, right? So it has yeah. no 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 value at all. So. It's a, yeah, that just to park on that for a second, yeah, to, like yeah. to tease it out, like the, yeah. another, the, besides an enemy combatant, the other phrase, they're not, uh, uh, for in Guantanamo Bay, um, the, the U.S. that we use is not prisoner, it's detainee, right? Detainee, just, right. They're right, just, de- right. they're, they're detained, like, which implies that, well, at some point they'll be let go, but it's not, that's, they that's never not how will, no, never no. will be. And, and no. the, so part of the, uh, homo soccer has the, these two meanings that are uh, that are opposed. One one would think, but the, this the he Agamben shows how they work together, which I think is actually a little bit of a, of, of a Hegelian move. Right. That th- right. that right. that is you see this. It's okay. So one way of understanding it is the cursed man, right? Right. A- and that is like you commit a crime that is so g- grievous that anyone could kill you. Right. for any reason and that person who would kill you would suffer no punishment for it. Right. But right. because of this you cannot be sacrificed for 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 any for for anything that is like like a greater ideal or you know service larger than yourself. So you just think about how these two things play with each other. Your life is so meaningless that you can be killed by anyone and it doesn't matter. But also it's like like you can't to, be drafted to go fight in a war. You exactly. can't be sacrificed in that way, right? Yes, you can't. So, exactly. So those, and it's like the way that it plays out in Guantanamo Bay is, you know, obviously, like I mean, the, I, I like we just simply don't know the capricious reasons for which d- detainees have been killed there because it's just you don't hear about it. You just They're killed for any reason. Right. But right. then they stage. I mean, I remember when I was in grad school uh, in in twenty twelve, and I'm sure this happened other times. Um, a number of the the people there and to people, not just detainees that they, they try to stage a hunger strike and immediately they get hooked up to, you know, IVs, IVs. And like, that's like quicker. They're making live. Yeah. Making live. It's it's also quicker and more immediate like healthcare than, you know, you could get in the United States, I would (laughs) say. Um, So, so that's this thing, right? Like they could be killed by a guard for any reason, but they cannot collectively sacrifice themselves for like a higher ideal. 
And right. so, and that, that's, that's what, you know, Agamben is, is, and I think, I think that, 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 that idea is very compelling. Well, I was seduced by it. So, yeah. uh, you know, I have to confess that, that I, with Paul Eisenstein wrote a book called Rupture in which Agamben's one of the seven heroes of that book. And I, I, I lament that that's the case, but, <laughs> but it was the case. So, uh, I, I've tried to perform an expiation by writing a scathing essay on, on, I think it's called like "Must We Burn Agamben" or something like that, because Simone <laughs> okay. de Beauvoir wrote a famous essay called "Fautil Brule Sod." Like, should is it necessary to burn sod? And so mm-hmm. I just was. You did the same thing. Well, I why don't you take us? Thing. Why don't you take us to the present moment? Then? Okay, so right in the present moment, Agamben, as you can maybe imagine, draw as you said, Ryan, drawing the conclusion from the from the theory, mm-hmm. he is uh, from the beginning was against lockdowns imposed mm-hmm. by the state for the for the pandemic. He was against uh, mask mandates. He's mm-hmm. against, you know, social distancing, which he thinks mm-hmm. is an abhorrent term, right? I think that's something we should actually talk about. So, sure. so the bio the position of biopower or the theorist of biopower is that social distancing is a, is a horrific oxymoron, right? Because mm-hmm. social requires proximity and mm-hmm. so you can't socially distance. And so even, I don't know if you remember this, but a couple of uh, academic con- partisans of Agamben and Foucault started to say physical distancing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, yeah. It, did, mm-hmm. it didn't catch on, right? It just didn't catch on. So now it's still social distancing. Thank God, because the, <laughs> the proper point is that any kind of social interaction requires some sort of distance, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't, like think about trying to, you know when you're trying when you get so close to someone's face you can't even talk to them right like even your yeah, intimate sure. partner right you can't have mm-hmm. a like against even with Hillary I have to get a little I have to get a couple feet away mm-hmm. before I can have a genuine social interaction with her right like so so I think I think that's absolutely this notion that 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 social distancing is an oxymoron is absurd Mm. It's a me. It's it's actually a uh, a signifier for mediation, a necessary kind of mediation, which enables a social right. uh, d- interaction to take place a- at right. all. I mean, right? But but of course, yeah. this is again the case mm-hmm. where the the biopolitical theorist is against like mediation is always oppressive, right? Yeah, it's always oppressive. I think that's really interesting. Like, I mean, I know that like I, I so this is interesting. I, I'm pretty. I feel fairly certain. The, like feel pretty pretty comfortable saying this that I mean because I know this I know like people who consider themselves theorists of biopolitics who who reject Agamben and and in this in this viewpoint um, and I think the axis upon which they do I think it has to do a little bit with Agamben's I don't think they would say this or necessarily align themselves this way but I think it has to do with uh, they how they understand sovereignty as more of a personal thing and i think that's the i mean we're, we're talking about biopower and it's not exactly the same as foucault's turn to self-care but i think that gets enmeshed for some people with biopower as like a way of personally reclaiming that which the state has taken away i think that's that's a what some some way that people you know um, right. Move, they, the move to the, I put it this way, it's the move to the particular to, to get out of what the, um, the, the, the theory kind of compels. Right. Uh, right. I mean, yeah. I think Ryan, it's such a good point. Like we'll, when we do our episodes on Foucault, we'll talk about this in more length, but mm-hmm. I think you're exactly right. So in the, 
in the second two volumes of History of Sexuality, Foucault just goes off the totally goes off to a new direction. Like he he had mm-hmm. planned out these volumes and he just he just totally detours mm-hmm. because I think he wants to think a form of subjectivity that doesn't involve subjection. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. And that's what and he goes so he goes back to the Greeks and he and he he finds it there. He finds this mm-hmm. note this idea what you just said, self care mm-hmm. as a response. I think he thinks you're right, a response to biopower. But yeah. I have to say, back to Agamben, like I oh, yeah. don't mm-hmm. think I don't think that you can. I think Agamben is following the theory correctly. Yeah, his, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I don't yeah. think there's any these people that have. Like I have friends that say this too. That that like look. I still think our friend Francis Rasuccia said this to me. Like I still she's she follows Agamben more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes. I still buy him theoretically. I just think this was a misstep on his part. Right, well, right, right. It's just a mistake. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, I understand that as a, I mean, it's not a crazy line of thinking. That makes sense. But I just don't think it's right. Like, I think he really is true to the theory of, like, that's how the theory of biopower would analyze what's happening. That it's this, mm-hmm. that the state right. has used it's the a deployment of, state of the pandemic. Yeah. If they yeah. didn't create the pandemic themselves, which is, right. I think Agamben doesn't rule out that as a possibility, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if they didn't create themselves, they've certainly used the occasion of it mm-hmm. to deploy, there's the word, of course, mm-hmm. yep. to deploy yep. state power and to, in, to, to get its tentacles into all these things mm-hmm. and to disrupt our inherent vibrancy and our inherent relationality to get mm-hmm. in the way of that. And that's what it's doing. I mean, and, and that's why Agamben is against, you know, against distancing, against, against social distancing, against masks. Mm-hmm. And and finally, against any vaccine mandate, right? Like he, mm-hmm. like the vaccine, for him is a is an expression of again, like the mandate for it is an expression of this the same kind of biopolitical biopower impulse. Yeah, I you know, um, as someone who's half Italian and could be an Italian citizen, I just have to do a lot of complicated paperwork. Um, uh, I think I, I can say with, uh, with, with some degree of, uh, I think there's a little brother thing going on with Italy and yeah. other, and German philosophy, French philosophy, <laughs> Greek philosophy. I mean, I think I just, it's, I just, just, the thing. you know, maybe it's just my family, but I can, but I, but I, but I, I, I think there's, a, I think that's, that, that I, I don't, I want I don't want to discount that the philosophical heritage, uh, um, uh, explanation also but i think that you're right that he's fo- that he's following this to the to the conclusion that to, like right to its logical yeah. conclusion yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and and it's it's part of i think part of the um part of what supports it and i think what we would say is the problem but part of what supports that conclusion is um this the exclusion of um ideology being embodied is I think um, is I think a, th- a thing here that so it's like it's just so if it's just bodies and pleasure and law and deployment of of, of oppression like what you don't see is um, I, I think one of the most important insights that um, you know Zizek draws out of uh, the the Bible and and Marx and Althusser which is you know. Th- they don't know what they're doing, but they're doing right. it. Like right. how someone right. can be embodied by ideology and, but not consciously, like how they can be doing all that they can to support capital without thinking that's what they're 
doing. And I, and I think like, um, you know, does, uh, of course, Agamben certainly thinks that what he's doing, like Agamben clearly thinks he's the, like uh, the, the metaphor that I like here is the last sane man left, which is like, you sometimes see this in like a horror film where like right. everyone, everyone's been duped except for the purpose perspectival character. And then it's like, well, it's certainly, it's crazier to think you're the last sane person. left. But then, you know, inevitably it turns out, no, 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 you were really right the whole time. And I think like, that's the, that's the position that like, it, right, know, he's the, like the uh, is backed into. Yeah, he's like Donald Sutherland at the end of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, seventy-eight yeah. version, right? Like he's, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, or yeah, I'm I forgetting the guy's name in this film, The Invitation by Karen Kazama, that I really like. But yes, continue. Yeah, yeah, I think I just I think that's absolutely right, and I think that the once you, I mean, isn't the problem once you conceive you 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 allocate all power mm-hmm. to the state. Mm-hmm. Yep. then yep. you're going to, what you're going to miss too, and I think Marxism misses this too in this situation, right, is the way in which there's actually state and capital don't always overlap, right? Like mm-hmm. like capital wants to keep things open, like initially, right? Capital wanted to keep things open. Mm-hmm. The state, just by virtue of having to keep subjects alive, like yeah. closed things off, right? And then that co- that created a little opening well, between the two right Todd, I think and, not, and and yeah. you you um this is a couple of weeks ago that you call called me and we were talking and and you're a little despairing you're like is capital going to have to enforce a vaccine mandate because the state can't do it is that what what we're, we're heading toward and then it was like a couple of weeks later like the you know biden announces you know a, a, a vaccine mandate in certain uh, professions and certain federal you know, workers and for, for federal, certain profession. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But only after, uh, private companies and corporations oh. had been doing it. Like, so like right. that had to come first to like, 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 th- like that was acceptable. And like, I know, like, you know, I know, uh, like people who are on the, like the, you know, the anti-mask, like anti-vax side, but they got vaccinated because their job made them do it and they made it easy. Right. You know, right. and it's like, but if the, you know, if that had been, if that had been the state first, I think that that had been, uh, like that had been a nightmare. Like I, like even if companies would have, would agree to it, but that's just the, you know, was the thing that we talk about all the time is that like con- con- conspiracies are on the side of the state. That's they're never the on the side. It's incredible. It's, it's just never incredible. on the side of the, of corporation. Even if, even when in part of the, you know, the, like the QAnon conspiracy is that like, like it's, you know, Bill Gates putting like, you know, geo tracking device and like the vaccine, like it's still for what is that for Microsoft? No, it's for no. states for, for the you state. Know, right. It's for the I know, state. I know. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, but like, just like to, to, to make sure like we tied, tied the, this point together is that like, if what you, if what you think the problem is, is, the, is a body being hyper-regulated by the state, then what else is a vaccine mandate? Right. You know, what Absolutely. what else is a max mask mandate that then like then the biopower position, the biopolitical position has to be again, if you're following that thread, it has to be what Agamben is doing. And and again, as I said, like I like I think I, I articulated the way out for people, which I think has to do with self-care. There's like, you know, um, 
I don't think anywhere in, in, in Foucault does he say that, like, you know, if the state has uh, mandates medicine, like, it's always a lie. Like, he certainly doesn't say that. But, like, again, no. if you follow the thread of the idea, I, I, I do think it leads to what Agamben is doing and saying, and for the reasons why he's, he's saying it. Absolutely, right? Like, which I think is the most damning point about the theory of biopower, right? That it, <laughs> that it, that it, like now we're seeing, like the pandemic comes along, and it just it's there to expose the theory. Like I, I in this little essay I wrote on Agamben and biopower and the pandemic, I, I I equate it to so so after Leibniz, Leibniz had this theory that we live in the best of all possible worlds, right? It's mm-hmm. articulated in this book called The Theodicy, which you wouldn't think is would be very good, but it's a pretty good book. It's it's pretty. I mean, you got to suspend your disbelief a little bit, but it's it's pretty convincing that that we do live in the best of all possible worlds. But uh, then you kind of wake up from reading. And you're like, oh, of course that's crazy. Uh, but but what's interesting is so so Voltaire successfully, most people think, lampooned it in his little satire Candide, mm-hmm. where this Leibnizian philosopher named Pangloss says. We live in the best of all possible worlds. And then he has all this series of all misadventures. And one of them is the the, the Lisbon earthquake. So, mm-hmm. so the Lisbon earthquake happens after something 40-something years, 30 years after Leibniz dies. Mm. But, but Voltaire saw in that, and I think a lot of people saw in that, the definitive refutation of Leibniz's philosophy that we live in the best of all possible worlds. And I think the same thing is true of the mm-hmm. pandemic, that it's exposing that the theory of biopower just can't, it, it can't, it's, this is an event, it just can't, it, it, it explains it so badly that it's just, it's unacceptable. But I think what's funny is Agamben is playing his own Voltaire. Like, he's yeah. he's simultaneously Leibniz with mm. the theory, and then he's he wrote all these occasional pieces, and they're now put together in a in a single volume, and it's just horrible. And they're they're all about, they're all about, you know, he even chastises Pope Francis for not going, like, he says, your namesake, St. Francis, went among the lepers. Why aren't you going out among the sick? So he's basically saying, mm-hmm. Pope Francis, why didn't you become a mass murderer and, like, yeah. bring the disease to a lot of other— I mean, it's like, it's it's just crazy. It's crazy. And so I, I think that mm-hmm. that, to me, it's just the definitive refutation of the theory of biopower. I, I don't understand how anyone— can cling to it after in the wake of the pandemic? Uh, well, two things. One, isn't the best part of Candide when Pangloss gets um, syphilis, but he says that without syph- <laughs> like without syphilis, we wouldn't have chocolate. Like he has this way of, <laughs> I think that's the best part. I love, uh, yeah, he is a great character. He's, He's a, a great, great character. character. Fantastic. Um, so the second thing, I think that, um, I think that the, yeah, I mean, I, 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 like, I agree with you. I, like, I, 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 I don't want to, um, I, what you're, so, okay, just, like, to be clear, what you're not saying is, what you're not saying is, like, look at the actions of this one person. Now we need to reject the entire theory. No, what, no, no, absolutely, the argu- right. The argument that, that you're making, the argument that you're presenting, is that um, Agamben, like, successfully concretizes the end of thinking along this thread. And so without... A, like without um, a sufficient or compelling reason for alteration or like 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 movement to to uh, like Kleinemann, right to like some other 
yeah. like so, some other uh, uh, angle that like this this is these are the positions that you have to adopt and and accept. And exactly. so like I I I've, I have a feeling that someone would like someone who like biopolitics or biopower is like a big part of their scholarship. I think they would that what they probably say is the, um that maybe something more along the lines of what like what I was talking about with like self-care and this like, you know, this this like um like more like a turn to the uh, the particular or like combine it with other discourses this sort of a thing that that I've I've seen elsewhere like you take this one piece right and then then this other and, right. and so it's not right. it's not the whole thing right. uh, in toto right. it's just it's it's a piece of uh, of of something else or I think another th- a thir- like another um a third thing would be like well what Agamben represents is doctrinaire biopower and biopolitics and like yes this is the, he shows the problem but you know in like to to do kind of like the beginning of in my essay I show you know whatever why we need these like two other discourses right. to to, right. to fill in right. with it so I think I, I just think, think that, I, yeah. I agree with you Ryan because I don't yeah. think it's possible I don't think it's possible for the majority of the people today to reject the theory of biopower like yeah. I think it has to be the dominant way of thinking because mm-hmm. just because it's because mediation is so anathema dialectic is so anathema right like the subjectivity mm-hmm. is so and i think all these things are so like biopower is still in it's still the air that we breathe right yeah yeah I, yeah. yeah certainly certainly said, in the academy yeah i think that's right right i'm right not in the but in a but sense still, yeah. in the real world too i think so uh ta coates wrote an essay i want to say 2014 i think which was a refutation of an earlier essay he had written, or he's pushing back on something that he wrote about Bill Cosby, where he he didn't take seriously enough the rape accusations that oh, okay. were already, you know, out there against Cosby. And so I think he wrote something in like 2007, 2008, something like that. And so he, um, but I think it's in this essay, he, he talks about, you know, he's not saying it's the same, certainly the same thing as like, as being a victim of sexual assault, but he talks about a time that, um, he was like beaten up, like he was in like a fight. And he, he talked about like losing his body, which, and he says this a couple different times, which he, in, in, in between, um, in between dashes, which as someone who loves the dash in writing, like I was like, look out for this when people do this. Um, he says like that he lost his body and then this is the dash, like, which is all that I am dash. And he says this a couple different times. And so I think he does, I think that the, one of the reasons is like he's he's trying to like really highlight how heinous obviously what it was that like right that right. Cosby had done and like was convicted of and then released from for the most specious of lawyerific reasons like my goodness most recently um but uh but I think that that you know he's a I think I I don't know I I would struggle to name another more like a more famous like public intellectual uh than than Ta-Nehisi Coates right uh you right. know and, and and I so and I think that I think that's true I think that it's the um like the idea the idea of the like the, like the body the body under um law particularly like the like right. you know you we often see this like you know the policing of black bodies right black you know the police right. you know and you'll see this a lot and I and and again I and I think that is I think people have taken that to be like that's the terrain of 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 biopower and and as a means of 
focusing a political critique. I, I that that I think that might be the like uh, like the the best the best positioning for it. But but I no, but I, I think, think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. That's what it is. I mean, I just think there's something lost when it's not when it's a bo- when it's not a subject being embodied talked about embodied yeah. right. Like yeah. I, I mean, yeah, for yeah. one thing, aren't you accepting the very oppressive definition of of what you are if you just say all I am is a body right like yeah like, yeah that like that seems to me I just don't I don't get that really I I, 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 I guess subject is I don't know harder or whatever but people person I don't know mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I I I feel like the whole the turn to the body and it's just it's purely I mean because I think it's it's almost purely rhetorical right like mm-hmm. what people mean when they're saying that is people yeah, right yeah they don't mean they don't mean bodies because they don't because really i don't think we care what happened like if our body wasn't tied to our subjectivity mm-hmm. we wouldn't care what happened to it right which is the evidence for that is we don't really make all kinds of plans for what happens after we're dead right we just like whatever you're going to do you can do <laughs> right yeah yeah because your subjectivity is not a part but of it's it. the body is still there Right? Yeah. The body. I mean, why? Why? Why aren't I concerned? My body. It's still my body. Well, it's more. No, it's I mean, I, Todd. I think yeah. it's a really interesting point because it's actually like what happens to the, to someone after they die and their body, and like like that becomes the concern of the living because right. And it's not because it's not just because it's not just a dead body, right? It's the it's a whole person who is, right. is, is right. missing. That's why we so bury it's, it's, people or whatever, right? We bury the we bury the body to. Uh, to remember the the loss of subjectivity, I think would right. maybe be the conclusion. Right, right. exactly, yeah. exactly. And if but that's that, the and if that's the point at end of life, then that has to be the point like during life. During I think, life, that, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. I just think that that you know that 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 emph- I just don't get what the value added is of it. Mm. I get the negative part. I get what it how it costs us something. Yeah. Like it it gets us like. It, it's totally involved in this dualism, right? And it's mm-hmm. it's like it it completely fails to see what makes the body valuable is its embodiment. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's true. I mean, I think that this is part of why that you know there's a uh, there's a term. I'm forgetting the the um this this comes up a lot in uh in in, in disability scholarship and, and uh like the the idea of like body minds. This is this is a thing too, yeah. which is which is I like which I. I like as an as an idea, but I think that I would be. I, I think that's. I think that's another way of saying subjectivity, and I think it's like. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's way it's, too it's, dualistic it's, for one yeah, thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, it's because because the whole point of psychoanalysis, rightly, I think, is that there's a those two things in have a collision with each other, right? Yeah, like a, right, right, right. And right. that produces drive. So I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just find that. I I, I just find this whole rhetoric of the body which is directly indebted to Foucault and Agamben mm-hmm. right like I just think it's just politically uh you know I just I prefer humanism I guess I have to say like I, I or something you know like something that's not something that acknowledges that that the the, like otherwise like how, like isn't cutting like how do you cut your fingernails right mm-hmm. like you're Aren't you like <laughs> subtracting from the body? Like no one feels yeah. that way. Like I, no, I feel no, like no. mine are too long. So I want to cut them. I'm not going to feel like I'm losing part of the body. 
when I because I don't care about my body. You know, like I, I mean, mm-hmm. I care about it only insofar as it's embodied. Yeah, and I just yeah, think that yeah, that's, that's true of everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone cares about the body insofar as it's detached from their subjectivity. I just don't think they do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think so. It's interesting if you so there there is an interesting elision that happens. Like I mean, if you think that law, if the, if your position as Foucault's is as Agamben's is, um, that law restricts life, um, yes. then you, where you're locating life is in the body because like law is like the, you know, law is not law is not about the psyche. The law is about like the body in the world doing a thing. And so it's right. kind of like, it's kind of, it's kind of taking the, um, it's almost taking the, like a lack in the law and the way like the law imagines life as like, this is like, this is how things are. It's like taking that seriously rather than right, right, rather than like right. rather than rejecting it and then running with that and then, you know, subtracting subjectivity from the body and then looking at how the law like, you know, polices, mandates, uh, requires, et cetera. Right. And how and then you find the ways which this restricts life and then that, you know, equals biopolitics. I, I, I think yeah. like certain. No, I think for, that's for, right. For for yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think that's mm. right, Ryan. So sad situation when they're, they're in charge. (laughs) I mean, they don't believe in anyone being in charge, but they're in charge today. They're in charge nonetheless. So, um, should, so people should, I think the lesson is to ignore the thing that you wrote about, um, Agamben. Is that that the lesson? Do not read the book Rupture is the lesson. No, I was going to say the lesson is not only get vaccinated, but campaign for vaccine mandates. That's my Mm -hmm. lesson. Particularly in Italy. Particularly, but but no, that's you have a good lesson. I think do not read the Agamben section of the book Rupture, or probably that whole book, right? Because it's probably, it's probably all tainted by by this uh, the seduction that I was under. Uh, but, sorry, uh, Paul. Yeah, I, I know. That's, he's he's the one who suffers under this. You know, I know that's true. that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. All right, over and out, Ryan. Over and out, Todd.